Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast brought to you by Violet Defense. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement existing products or you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of the technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and experience you need. Thanks again to Violet Defense for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. The FIAAA also wants to thank our great sponsors, including our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. The FIAAA also wants to thank our great platinum sponsors, including Booster Digital Displays, revolutionize your game day experience. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. And Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast, brought to you by Violet Defense. Our guest today is Kayla Stewart. Kayla is an aspiring athletic director, and she's currently working at the Monita R1 School District in California, Missouri. Uh, we met uh, through Kayla's uh, master's degree program, which she recently finished with the William Woods University uh, master's in athletic administration program. Kayla, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. appreciate it. Well, uh, it was nice uh, getting to meet you and some of the other students, uh, along with my old friend, uh, Dixie Westcott. So uh, uh, we're excited to hear what's happening in your neck of the woods. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school and college? And and how'd you get on this path uh, that's uh, hopefully very soon leading to uh, athletic administration? Well, I grew up here in central Missouri in a small school, a 2A school, where uh, all of the students did pretty much everything. So pretty much every athlete was a multi-sport athlete, which started those interests young and kept them all the way through. And uh, my dad was a coach. Anyway, from a uh, Russellville then I went on to MSU formerly known as SMS in Springfield which I love that town um, it's a great school and uh, pursued uh, actually some communications first and then went to education and it ended up back at Central Missouri at a school called Eldon um, 
and taught three years there high school and then taught a few more years in another school after having four kids we got back into teaching that was starting over twice which um, if you want to test your iron that's a good way to do it um absolutely and then, uh, yeah. yes <laughs> so a first year teacher twice and i'm going to try it one more time i've moved over to a, a 3a school um to, to get back into high school i taught middle school for years and loved it um but have moved over to a high school uh to teach some actually um more of the activities side of administration in uh athletics and activities with theater. Um, I'm looking, hopefully one day to get a little more into the AD side of things, but it's, it's been a fun trip so far. The master's program, I just kind of started because um, you have to pursue a few more hours somewhere along the way to uh, help with salary and also to open up a few more opportunities. And I didn't really see myself as a principal so um, I kind of like the administration of working with those sides of kids um, that you see outside the classroom. And that's why I hopped into the program at William Woods and, and met you and Dixie and a lot of great professors there. Oh, well, I, I, you met me there at the tail end just as a, a special yeah. <laughs> guest. But uh, no, I always love to hear the stories. Uh, and I can certainly relate. Uh, you know, my wife and I are both career educators and coaches, and, and we... Uh, we only had three kids, but uh, uh, definitely, um, you know, bring some challenges and some excitement to uh, teaching and coaching and being an AD. So appreciate you sharing that. Um, Kayla, in our business, uh, we always talk about the importance of leadership and particularly mentorship. And I'm always curious, uh, who were some of your mentors, either parents or family members or maybe coaches that you had growing up? Uh, maybe even people that you've worked with or worked for. Uh, the expression I always like to use is, I still hear those voices in my head when I'm talking to a kid or a parent or someone. So uh, do you have any voices that you still hear? I do. I actually have a certain sentence that I hear over and over, which I think applies sometimes more to coaching than teaching in the classroom. Um, actually, my LA teacher in high school told me I needed to be more terse and less verbose, which I had to go and find a dictionary and um, found out that yes, say what you need to say and move on. So I think that um, as I grew up with several different coaches and sports, um, I found out that, that that sentence applied really heavily to coaching. Um, let's say it and then let's do it. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of, I guess, a theme and it, it seems to, build some confidence with the kids. If, if we say it and then we attack it and we adjust as we go, you just feel like you're really making progress pretty quickly and we're not just um, talking about it. Uh, other coaches, I have had a lot of great coaches. My dad is a wonderful coach. We would, um, after any game we had, he'd always support the coaches. It's what the coach says, that's what goes. And then we'd go to Dairy Queen and mark out plays on napkins. And that was kind of how we grew up and, and what we needed to do differently on plays. And then uh, as I became a teacher and worked with our AD and different ADs, um, letting everyone know the goal was really important. Our, our AD right now, Lucas Branson, did a great job with my son and my daughters for that matter, baseball and softball, and he's the AD. And one of his 
go-tos every year is an index card where the kids write team goals, personal goals, not only for baseball, but for outside of the sport. Mm -hmm. And uh, then he revisits them individually with that. And he does that with my, my daughter, who's now playing softball. And I think that lets them see that athletics actually does do a good job of well-rounding you, not just for your, for what, for your, for winning and for your, your improvement on the field or on the court, but also just in living and in what you're going to do with your life. Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, again, you know, you and I, you know, we're preaching to the choir right now, but, uh, uh, we know the value that sports has, and it's great when our own kids or, you know, even students that we've coached, you know, can experience that through another great coach. So very cool. What were your, uh, I'm curious, what were your sports uh, back in the day when you were playing? Softball, basketball, track. Um, we didn't have golf at the time because we were a rule. I really thought a driving range was where you prepared to take your driver's test for a long time. And then uh, I, I found out more about golf later. I didn't compete in it, but that is also a sport I've come to appreciate a lot. My husband played golf and was really very good at it. Um, softball, baseball, track. Volleyball at the time was more of an intramural sport, which we played. Um, we didn't have positions then. It was your six-man rotation, and that was pretty much it. Other than that, I think that was probably at the time all our school offered so whatever there was we did we had some successes there um but i think what i remember most about sports is being able to get back with your teammates and reliving specific plays it's not always the championship that was important but it's that specific play or what coach said when he was irate at the players and everybody kind of had to chuckle at what came out his mouth um even though it was well-intended that that shared relationship with the coach and the players is it's there's nothing else like it. Oh, you're so right. And uh, again, I'm a little bit older than you. So I, I've been attending uh, some reunions, you know, these past several years and, and that's what we talk about, you know, Hey, you remember that game? Hey, you remember that bus trip? You remember what coach said? And I, I try to share that with kids and parents that, you know, 20, 30 years from now, you're not going to be talking about your chemistry class. You're not going to be talking about, uh, you know, uh, history. You're going to be talking about those sports uh, experiences that you had. Kayla, you've been at a couple of different schools now as a teacher, as a coach, and you've had a chance to see how different athletic departments operate, uh, along with your own experience back when you were in high school. So one of the things we try to do with the podcast is share this idea of best practices. So what are a couple of best practices that you've seen, maybe even things that you helped uh, initiate uh, that you can share with our listeners? Give us some best practices. Best practices. Number one, um, make sure everyone is informed. Uh, at Brestville, uh, Lucas Branson, who I talked about earlier, he did a really good job of having um, a, a chart sent out to officials, scorekeepers, gatekeepers, um, ticket takers, even uh, parents when schedules had changed so that you could look for the each week and it was weekly. So you knew Monday morning, you could look ahead. And especially with the last two years with all the game changes with COVID restrictions, we've had to update and change games or change venues. And so just keeping that as a routine of keeping everyone informed on Mondays 
what they need to do has worked really, really well. Um, as far as initiating some things, we, we started another program, which is archery. That's of course not with Misha, but um, what we found with that is that you kind of test the waters with, with what is it the kids are interested in that we don't have first and start with a survey or two and just see what that interest is. Um, for some reason, soccer's not a big deal around here. So when soccer was brought up a few years ago, that one didn't go very far. But then when we went to something like archery with where your setting is, um, that's important is just seeing what it is that already has a little ground support and what you, where you can take it from there. Uh, trying to think about, uh, oh, uh, best practices, make sure your calendar is shared with, with and, and that was one thing we, we kind of worked on was getting the music end of the activities, which is also um, our Missouri State High School Association sponsored, uh, make sure those activities have the same equivalency on the calendar as the sporting activities, because even your athletes in a small school are in both and both need to have that credibility and a calendar equals credibility. I don't know um, how I can emphasize that anymore is if you have your space on the calendar, um, it gives that activity or sport its due um, value. And, and people look at that and, and they do notice. That would probably be the, the best two pieces of advice or I don't know if advice, I haven't been in it, so I can't say it's advice, but observations, let's, let's say it that way. No, again, you're absolutely right. Uh, I mean, I still remember my very first head football coaching job. I was very young, uh, but uh, it was a small town, farming community. And at halftime, you know, I'm taking our 19-man football team into the locker room and five or six of, you know, the, the starters were saying, you know, coach, we got to go. And I go, what? What do you mean you got to go? I said, oh, we got to go play in the band. Uh, they're playing the band at halftime. So, I mean, we, we made it work and it was great fun. And it was a great lesson for me, but uh, uh, no, that, that's, that's right. Coordinating with, you know, the academics, the fine arts, you know, the other co-curriculars, you know, very important. For our listeners, we are visiting with Kayla Stewart uh, from Missouri. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back. Uh, but now we're going to hear from our podcast sponsor, Violet Defense. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement existing products or you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of the technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and experience you need. Thanks again to Violet Defense for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. Again, welcome back. We're visiting with Kayla Stewart from uh, Monotau R1 School District in California, Missouri. Kayla, you mentioned COVID and um, Again, for our listeners, we're recording this on June 16th, so the school year is over, but uh, 
how did y'all finish up uh, the school and sports year in Missouri and um, any special plans for reopening in this coming fall? Uh, we do a pretty good job of sticking close to the county health department and whatever they recommend. So I guess I'm addressing the reopening first and then I'll go back and review um, this past year. But uh, it's just kind of sticking with the, the county health department guidelines and that's updated oh, uh, weekly. And just that, that actually has been a bonus this year is opening those lines of communications. Um, it has not only benefited keeping rolling with um, what we need to do and what will also work best for the kids um, has also aligned us with other things we, we probably should have been aware of. Um, and uh, it's, it's just made it real easy now to, to make sure everyone's working together toward the same cause, um, keeping the kids in school, keeping everyone healthy and letting them maintain as much normalcy as possible for spectators and for uh, faculty for um, the kids, it's, it, that's what it's all about. Um, starting this year, our plan was to, again, um, stick with, with the county health concerns. And uh, we started with just limited numbers of spectators and lists. Um, and then as we went on through, and this was actually about Cole County because that's where I was working with middle school. Um, we gradually adjusted that to open up with not just a limited number, but then we had names of whoever was there um, with a certain percentage of our gym and that kind of gradually grew. And then as we finished the year, um, we had to still register at any event, but um, the mask requirements were, were lifted. Um, they were recommended but it wasn't a, um, a do or don't type of deal. So I think as we finished in May, the kids were kind of feeling like, and the spectators, the community was kind of back to starting um, normalcy and, and everybody looking forward to the next week and the schedule and having um, that unity, I would have to say. Um, that, that seems to have really not only built an appreciation from the kids for the privilege of playing activities, um, for the administrators, for working together with others in the county with the same concerns. So as many restraints as it had, I think it had a lot of positives. Oh, I certainly agree. And it's been great for me to be able to hear these stories from schools uh, across the country. Uh, you know, some started the school year out with hardly any modifications at all, you know, maybe masks and maybe social distancing, but other states, as you know, uh, didn't even start sports until January, in some cases, February, March. So uh, I think regardless of when you started, there was a tremendous appreciation by all the parties of being back on the fields, you know, back on the courts and being able to participate in athletics. So glad to hear that, okay? Kayla, another question that I've been asking our athletic directors since we started this uh, revolves around the idea of social awareness or social justice. And, and my question is this, what are some things that we can do as athletic directors, as coaches uh, to do better, uh, to do a better job with our 
stakeholders in this area of social awareness. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? That's, that's a heavy question there. Um, it's, it's a little harder when I'm in a rural district. Um, we don't have quite the demographics as other places. Um, I really think the more we talk about kids as kids and students as students and leave out those separation words, um, that social bond actually is, is built more through just the recognition and communication of our common factors rather than those um, that may differentiate us. Does that make some sense? It sounds kind of like a political answer, but um, it's, uh, the social awareness also is just um, keeping updated with, with things like your podcast. Um, 80s, getting on and listening to podcasts from not just your section of the nation because you do need to know what's going on. Like you're in, you're in Florida, right? So is that okay? So today you are, huh? <laughs> so uh, that's very different than Missouri. And it's very different from central Missouri to uh, St. Louis to Kansas City. But what we have seen happening in, in our area is we have several um, families from the state of California moving out here. So keeping up with those national um, social issues, um, reading, oh shoot, I can't think of it. The, um, it's the high school magazine. Oh, I read a lot of them this spring. Anyway, those articles, um, I would subscribe to a monthly magazine in your field, especially, especially with athletic directors, um, and read up on what the um, national uh, organizations and the state associations are, are bringing up as concerns and to be aware with how they're handling those. Um, and I think that then, if you take that information and mold it to your area and make sure you are uh, including those coming in for there, there seems to be a little bit of a, a migration from the West Coast to the Central Missouri area. Um, and so that's making us have to be a little more aware with, with what is going on out there and how we can acclimate everyone to here and uh, keep those kids involved and um, inspire them to, uh, to be uh, familiar in the community and comfortable and uh, also willing to, to get in there and, and participate. No, and again, you're, you're spot on. And uh, I didn't mean to put you on the spot there, but, uh, you know, being aware, you know, reading, listening, uh, staying current, you know, those are all things that we uh, need to do to, you know, help our kids regardless of their uh, uh, demographics uh, to help them be you know, more well-rounded uh, as they grow up. So appreciate you sharing that. Let's lighten things up a little bit. Uh, another question I always ask is, what's your favorite part of the job? And invariably uh, the AD will answer, oh, it's the kids. And of course it's the kids, okay? But acknowledging that you love your kids uh, and the kids that you teach, uh, what are some other things that get you excited about coming to school each day? You never know what to expect. I, I think that's what gets me excited is um, it's uh, <laughs> to coin, you know, to, to borrow a phrase, it's a, it's a box of chocolates every single day. Mm -hmm. And I think that's exciting. Uh, you don't know if they're going to come in with a, with a 
a heavy concern that you're, you're going to be there to help with, or a staff member will have a quirky story to tell, which honestly, um, the quirkiest stories end up being life lessons that I end up using in class with the teacher's permission, of course. And I think um, that relationship, and I think kids still sometimes think um, teachers and administration uh, live at school. And when you can uh, find those random stories um, to share with the kids that they recognize you as human, which sounds a little funny, but uh, then they, they, they get a little more connected with you. And I think it's those connections. And then the other thing is when the students or even teachers or staff members step out into uncharted waters, something they're not familiar with, and they realize that this has a lot of value and I found out I can, I can do this. It, it widens everyone's interests and uh, makes us all grow a little bit more. For example, um, having a, a student who's an athlete um, actually enter a speech contest and realize they have a lot of valuable things to say and then what's even more fun is to see their parents sit in the audience and be applauding them for their academic efforts, not just cheering them on for what they did on the court. Um, so I think finding those things to be excited about each day and never knowing what you're gonna get. And it's just kind of a, a challenge. Um, sometimes people look at hurdles as, as problems. Uh, I think they're just a pretty cool obstacle course. Uh, so I, I get excited about that. It, it sounds strange, but you just never know. And that's what's cool. Well, I, I certainly concur. I love your uh, term there, uh, the obstacle course. I think that's a great way to uh, describe, you know, a typical athletic director's uh, day. Well, Kayla, this has been so cool to uh, connect with you again, uh, but we're not quite done. We always like to wrap up with what we call the new athletic director's toolbox. Now, as we mentioned, you're not an athletic director yet. You're an aspiring AD, but you certainly have had a lot of experiences as an athlete, as a coach, as a teacher in a couple of different settings. Uh, so I'm going to ask you right now to uh, send out a brand new athletic director on the very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items? are going to go in Kayla Stewart's athletic director toolbox. Number one is going to be an open mind for whoever, whomever you're speaking with, uh, because everybody has a different perspective. So what you saw happen is not going to be the same thing that someone else saw happen or was interpreted. So I think you need to have that open mind to hear the angles. And uh, number two, adventure, just because uh, an adventurous spirit, let's put that adventurous spirit. I know these are, these are um, not grounded ideas, but if someone has a new idea to try, give it a whirl. You never know. And then uh, number three would be subscriptions to podcasts and magazines. You know, I, I noticed, I hope you noticed I was writing all of these down. Uh, and, you know, th they're great. We've done a ton of these so far. And uh, I think it's maybe 60, 40, 40% uh, are 
let's say real tools, you know, like a planner and organized cell phone, you know, that type of thing. And the others are, you know, very much, you know, ideas or philosophies or uh, concepts uh, that you shared. And all of them are 100% spot on and 100% needed in any athletic director's toolbox. So uh, I appreciate you sharing that. Kayla Stewart, if one of our listeners wants to reach out and uh, pick your brain a little bit, What's the best way that they can get in touch with you? I would say email. That would probably be anywhere you're trying to reach me from the most um, reliable. Okay. So if you don't mind, can you share that email for us? And they'll just have to rewind the podcast to get it down if it's a long one. But go ahead and give us that email. I was hoping you'd ask that. It is K. S-T-E-W, the first four letters of my last name, dot K-S-3-9, not my age, but I wish it were, at gmail.com. All right. Give it that one one more time, just full speed, but that was great. I appreciate you breaking it up like that. (laughs) K-S-T-E-W dot K-S-3-9 at gmail.com. Dot com. And I hope everybody's pencil ended up on that M and you went, yep, I got it. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Great job. Kayla, thanks so much for being on the podcast. All the best uh, moving forward. And, uh, you know, hopefully we're going to be uh, seeing that announcement that uh, Kayla Stewart recently hired as the new athletic director at, you know, fill in that school. I will tell you as soon as it happens. Okay. To our listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of these interviews are also being uploaded to the Educational Athletic Director FIAAA YouTube channel. Thanks for listening. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD.